0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Frank, right. how can I help you? Uh, yeah. Uh, wanted to talk to you about, um, I've got a shingle roof on the house down there, and we're close to Gulf Coast. I wanted to replace it with uh, a metal roof and see what the best recommended process for doing that. Uh, I don't want some jet leg going down there and just, just hanging some cheap metal on top of the shingle roof.
1: No. Tear First tear the shingles off. Get Yeah, you got to tear the shingles off, get down to a, a good, solid, clean platform underneath, and then come up with your metal roof that way. Uh, and the main reason for that, when you go over the shingles, the metal's not laying nice and flat, and it's too easy for when a storm comes in for things to... D- dent it uh, and for it to start kind of bouncing a little bit with the wind and, and eventually peel off when it's nice and flat on on a metal or on a uh, you know wood base and everything you, you just won't have those issues that roof will last for years and years
0: what kind of underlayment do you recommend you know Felt, paper anything uh, like that
1: yeah, I mean, usually nowadays you're using the uh, the new fabrics that they have rather than the the felt paper. But either one is going to work just fine.
0: Okay. Next question is: Is uh, there's different types of sheet uh, metal going there where you have the screws shoot through with the Teflon washers, or and there's another kind where you can uh, hang it on there where there's they're seamless, where none of your fasteners right. are exposed to the weather. Everything's underneath. Uh, tell me more about that. What you recommend? Please.
1: The the hidden fasteners where nothing is exposed is the best. Uh, the other fasteners can be used, but, you know, you do have periodic maintenance to do with them. And, you know, we were talking about air conditioning systems a little bit, and I know we're coming into the season where a lot of people are going to be switching from air conditioning to heating, and actually the systems will be flipping back and forth for a while between air conditioning and heating, where you'll do both in one day. That is the roughest season on your units. If the unit is up and running and stays running 100% of the time uh, or it stays off 100% of the time, that's easiest on the system. It's when when it's turning up and down and flipping back and forth between cooling and heating. That's the roughest season on your AC system. So that's where you're going to want to make sure you get them serviced, check them out, make sure that everything is working the way it's supposed to. Uh, as as far as homeowners, make sure you keep the filters clean. There's nothing more important than doing that. And on the outside unit, keep all the vegetation and stuff away from the unit. When the, when the vegetation gets up to the unit, it blocks airflow. That makes your unit work less efficiently. So, uh, again, just, just keep it cleaned up and everything away from it. Brett in Montgomery, what can I do for you? Hey, how are you doing today? Wonderful. How about you?
2: Oh, doing great, thanks. So, hey, i got a little house out on Lake Conroe and uh, waterfront home, and uh, I have a boat slip in there. It has a large deck around it, probably, I don't know, 2,200-square-foot 2, deck over it and so forth. And the, there's a breach in the bulkhead at the front of the boat slip, which is about 12 foot off of the back door of the house. Okay. Um, and so, what's happened is, is that you know, over time, that has just eroded away behind the bulkhead. Well, I tried to call the, um, uh, uh, you know, the uh, bulkhead guy, and he wanted to come in and rip out the whole deck, wanted an arm and six legs to do it, right? So I don't really want to go that route. Yeah. So one of the, uh, the inspecting engineers said, "Well, shoot, man, it's easier to just pull back the the decking, right?" uh dig down, you know, down to where the breach is. The breach is small. It's only, I don't know, maybe two foot by, you know, 18 inches or something.
1: Okay. Right, but it has
2: eroded all the way down to a big old ditch. And it's concerning because it's so close to the house. Right? right. Uh And so what he says is dig out, put a bunch of concrete bags down there until it fills up, you know, use marine grade, um, you know, uh Wood on the back to you know seal up the breach on the backside as opposed to having to you know have the barge come in and basically rip out the whole thing.
1: Sure. Yeah, and and that'll buy you quite a few years doing it that way. Uh, you can put the concrete bags, or you could use bull rock. You know, like a four four inch plus three inch plus bull rock that you drop in there uh, behind that uh, marine grade plywood as well. Uh I probably wouldn't use marine grade plywood though I would probably get me a a big treated timber that I could uh run across ways on there in order to fill up that gap and then fill in behind it. And what the what the concrete will do, the concrete bags or the bull rock will do is help minimize the the continued erosion cuz you're still going to have water going through but it it uh, controls it where the water's not just gushing back and forth, and that's what's causing your erosion. Then that's you can exactly fill right in with th-
2: that, when that comes up in there. It does. It and You yep. can actually just see it sucking that, the soil right out. It's yeah,
1: crazy. yeah. And so once yeah. you got that closed up, and then then you can just put the dirt back in, and you'll be you'll be fine for several years again.
2: Yeah. So and, and on that note, so what... How long do you think that would actually last for? I mean, is that something I'm going to have to go back to every several years to fix? or what, Well, I
1: mean, I, no, I don't think, think it'll be in that. that spot. I think you'll have another spot that'll probably breach later. Uh, but that that spot, that mean, that wood should be good for a, another 15 years probably. Okay. All
2: right,
1: great. Okay. Thanks. Nice. I appreciate that. You bet. Right. Take care. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Well, it looks like we're going to have a little bit of a wet week again this week. So, you know, if you've been having standing water around your home and you're looking, you know, for what needs to be done, what I would recommend is when we do have the rain showers and the water is standing, get out there and take pictures so that when you do have somebody come out to look at correcting it, they can see the pictures, where the water's standing and everything. It gives a great visual of the uh, highs and lows of the property, and I don't zoom in and get too tight because they kind of need to see the broader area of where this uh, is occurring, you know where where the problem is is happening. And talking about pictures just real quick, if you haven't documented your house with pictures yet, and I mean go through and, and take pictures in every room of all the stuff that's in the house, uh, it's really past time to do that because if you ever have a catastrophic incident the house burns down we have a hurricane come in that knocks the house over something like that that's documented evidence then of what you had in your home especially if they're time stamped so just a, a little tidbit don't keep them in the house make sure you keep them somewhere else but uh it's just a tidbit of information that could actually save you quite a bit down the road, so we're getting into winter time. I mean, I granted we have, we're not cold enough to be turning heat on and all that stuff yet, but it's coming. people are starting to prepare, and Richard from Conroe is the first for this uh, season to bring up this question, and it does come up quite often. He says, "I started looking for gas logs, and some of them are not vented." I don't know how that can be. What about BTUs? The higher the BTUs, does that mean it will put out more heat? Finally, would you recommend non-vented, over-vented, or vice versa? Well, here's the deal. A lot of fireplaces are totally fake. And they don't even have vents. They don't have the chimney that goes up. These things are designed to burn off everything, and therefore, it doesn't require venting. And by not having a vent, that puts more of the heat into the living space, and that's the BTUs. So, the higher the BTU number, the better the heat, if you're going to use it for heating. And after last winter storms, a lot of people are making backup plans for if we have another storm like that. So yes, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the non-vented, as long as it's designed for that. Some of them have to be vented. And what you're going to find is when when you use a vented one, the heat is designed to go up through the fireplace and out. It's not going to heat up the house as well as a non-vented. And, and that's really going to be the big differences on them. Uh, the the non-vented are are not just for looks, they are for heating. The vented, uh, they can be a lot more for looks and not as much for heating. So hopefully that helps you out with that decision. But uh, you can go either way. You you don't need to worry about it. And if you get the non-vented, but you've got a, a regular fireplace, you know, where it goes all the way up and out, you can close the vent. It'll still work just fine you know since we're talking about carrier and we were just talking about air conditioning systems you know again a lot of times the and understand i own an ac company as well in the houston market and a lot of companies will push you to change your air conditioning system out after 10 years uh and and their big to do about it is simply they're saying it's more energy efficient well you know, six. Uh, my house is, uh, I've been in it 17 years. I changed out the AC system when I bought it. I put a 14 SEER unit system in it way back then. Right now, uh, most people are still putting 14 and 16 SEER units in. Now, I typically recommend, you know, take a look at the 16 and 18 SEER, uh, simply because that's the sweet spot on the energy savings and the money side. Uh, But the thing to keep in mind, as an AC unit ages, it does become a little bit less energy efficient just because of the wearing parts and stuff. Uh, But still, look at your energy bill. And if you're running, in my case, I have a 3,000 square foot house running a $200 electric bill. And if all they're going to save me is, you know, 20 bucks a month on the energy bill... Is it worth spending, you know, eight thousand versus two to fix it? No, fix it, get more life out of it. Be prepared; you will change it out eventually. Let's head out to Rawlett and Duke. Yes, sir. How can, how can I help you? Hey, I have a uh, a train
3: blower. I guess you call it an air handler in a hall closet. Uh-huh. I believe has a uh, condensation line that's backed up because I had some dripping water underneath. Uh... Yeah, I guess the fresh air intake underneath, and that's all dripping out of the uh, bottom end of it. Okay. Uh, call and see what's the best method to repair that. Snaking may be a little difficult, blowing it out with water. Uh, I'm not sure where it plug- or drains into. Uh, it's a Fox and Jacob house, which has all the plumbing down the center of the house. Right. I don't know if it blows into the sewer line. I know there's a... a uh, a line that goes on the outside, I've never seen a little knuckle. It does about a hard 90 pointing down. I don't know if, if that's the condensation line. I've never seen water come out of it. But anyway, just want to get your thoughts.
1: Well, uh, how low is the unit? How uh, old? No, how low uh, uh, to the floor? Uh, is it is it oh, up about two feet or three feet?
3: Yes, sir. The bottom of it is at about knee level, right above knee level.
1: Okay. So... It may be probably draining into a uh, vent stack somewhere uh, okay. for the sewer system. And typically, all they do is you blow it out with air rather than water. Uh, okay. Because if you try to blow it with water, it can it can really make a mess in the house, especially if something's loose somewhere where blowing it out with air doesn't do that. Uh, they make a little... Uh, little gun looking thing that you can put a co2 cartridge into it and it pushes down onto the top of the vent pipe pull the trigger and it just shoots out a burst of air to to clean it out but you can do it with your air compressor as well if you have one
3: now do that at the blower unit where there's a little cap where you can pull pour down some uh, clorox every once in a while to make sure the line's clear is that where you blow it out at
1: yes sir yes sir yep okay now, how how
3: can I make sure that direction of the air flows to the vent stack as as opposed to going to both the vent stack and back into the air handler?
1: You you have to pull it apart where that little uh, the, where the, where the T is and plug the side that goes back into the unit so that all the air goes to the drain side. Okay,
3: okay. So we'll have to take And
1: yeah. Then periodically dump some bleach in there just to keep it from growing back again, because really it's, it's just a buildup of algae and stuff in there. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. You bet. You take care. You too. Thank you. And that is a common thing with air conditioning systems, especially we're getting into that time of year now. You know, the system's been running hard all summer long and really has kept water flowing through there. It's cold water, keeps it flowing and, and somewhat cleaned out. Now we're getting into the time of year, though where the water flow starts slowing down because we got a lot of days it's not high humidity, not much water to take out of the air, uh, and with that slower flow, we start growing algae in there and it starts plugging up. Uh, you want to avoid that. Just dump a cup of bleach down in there every two to three months through that little cap, and that'll keep you from growing algae in the pipe or minimize it and uh, keep you from having major problems. Now, uh, I mentioned that his is probably tied into a vent pipe. A lot of homeowners, the condensate line actually ties in under a sink in a bathroom. And uh, so it's above the P-trap, so you don't get air going back. But for for quite a number of years, they were tying them into the vent pipes. Uh, They don't do that anymore because they don't want to take the risk of the sewer gas backing up through that little three-quarter-inch pipe. We're headed to Mansfield, and Jean, how can I help you?
4: Well, I have this pin oak in the front of my yard that has been nurtured since we built our house, and I made the builder save it because, you know, we are few and far between these beautiful trees. And it's just gorgeous now, and you know how pin oaks kind of weep. They have the weeping sides that go down toward the yard. And it's a beautiful sight, but... uh, trucks keep stopping by and say you need to have this tree trimmed and then my landscaper said in the summer you need to have this tree trimmed and i said well if i'm doing anything it's going to be in november december it's not going to be now but i don't want to trim it and why should i trim it
1: okay there actually is a reason to trim it and we're going to take a quick break for news traffic and weather gene if you'll hold on let's talk about that when we come back with more texas home improvement we were talking to gene and Jean, are you there still?
4: I am there, and you know what? I have a baby swing that's hanging from that one branch that they want to cut, and I don't know if you can cut off the end so that the branch will pop up or whether they're talking about cutting it off at the, at the, uh, you know, at the end, at the tree. I, well, you tell me why I should and how it should be done.
1: There, there should be no reason to cut the branch itself off. Uh, what trees need is to be thinned. Now, pin oaks can grow to to where the branch looks like it's going up and then drops down towards the ground and then swoops back up. Oh, that's
4: the way it is on the golf course, and and I think they're beautiful. They They are gorgeous that
1: way, but what you have to do is thin them. So uh, along that branch, all those little what they're called sucker branches that are coming up off of it, those are what get trimmed off because what you want the tree to be able to do is let wind pass through the canopy of the tree when it's when all the little sucker branches in the middle are left in place it it becomes so rigid that the wind will blow the tree over
4: well, you are talking about it... you're talking about the sucker branches on the on the stem of the of the tree not on the stem but on the
1: on those big branches rim? like you were just talking yes ma'am uh it, yeah. the sucker branches are just the the little ones that come off of those big main branches And so, you know, that branch, let's say it's 25 feet long. I mean, those things can stick way out there.
4: Oh, yeah, it is 25 feet long, and the tree is probably 40 years old.
1: Yeah, so you keep it nice and clean until you get out near the last, say, 5 to 10 feet. That's where all the leaf type stuff is. Everything going back towards the trunk of the tree should be trimmed off.
4: So how big are these? Uh, how big? I mean, by the size of your finger, how big are these these um, branches you're talking about? Are they oh, your thumb size? No, or it's anything usually just bigger than that. Do you keep them on? What I mean, I don't know. No, usually
1: you're, you're trimming everything except for the big main branches that go out to the canopy part of the tree. So at the okay. middle part of the tree is is basically open with no leaves in it.
4: Oh, okay.
1: All the leaves you want out towards the outer uh, canopy of the tree, and then the middle part you want to keep leaf free because that allows the air to
4: pass through there. Gotcha. Well, they were—I think they were talking about cutting off the branches, and it's like that's well, not going to happen.
1: That gets into people who shouldn't be trimming trees because they don't well, know. Well, and most
4: of them don't. Most of them are exactly. just uh, landscapers who come by that cut grass, and they think they're going to touch the tree. So,
1: yeah. Uh, look, if if you want to get the tree trimmed properly, call a regular arborist like uh, Arborological Services. Uh, okay. Th- these are people who they specialize in taking care of trees. They're arborists. They understand how the tree should be trimmed and and made to look gorgeous.
4: Well, I think it's interesting. You would say, would if, if the wind doesn't blow through and knock the tree over? This is a big tree. How could it knock it over?
1: Because the roots really? are the roots are only in the top eighteen inches, wow. uh, they don't go deep down into the ground. And you know when we get these big wind storms, uh, you see trees all the time that get knocked over because the canopy gets too thick that the wind has this it, it's uh, like a big parachute up there catching the wind and pulling the tree over.
4: Okay, well, that clarifies what I need to do and how it needs to be done, not be chopping off the lower branches that are so lovely.
1: No, not at all.
4: Okay, sounds good. I'll call an arborist and get it done right.
1: All right, take care, Jean.
4: Thanks, bye. Bye -bye. Bye-bye. You know, and,
1: and that doesn't even mention the fact that trees add a tremendous amount of value to a home, so you definitely want to keep the trees and keep them looking gorgeous around your home. Uh, but you, it, do, it does require maintenance periodically. This came from Debbie. And she says, Hi Jim, I enjoy listening to your show and you, you've helped me on many occasions with the latest being replaced, my roof. I chose to work with Guardian roof, Roofing. And, and this is down in Pearland. And it was an awesome experience and I love my new roof. My latest question is about windows. My home was built in 2001 and it has aluminum frame windows with double pane glass that I'm considering replacing because they are getting difficult to open. I was not aware, but I have learned that there are two types of window frames aluminum, which I have, and vinyl, which seems to be very popular. I am not sure which type to choose. My questions are what are the pros and cons of the two types? Which is of the better choice for long-term staying in the home and which type has better resale value should I ever choose to sell. Thank you, and as always, for your help, Debbie in Pearland. Well, Debbie, uh, replacement windows actually aren't aluminum. So your choices on replacement windows are typically going to be the vinyl windows, a fiberglass window, or actually, a wood window, and the vinyl is by far uh the most popular because it's uh typically the least expensive high energy efficient, looks good, and extremely durable uh Next would come the uh fiberglass windows, and you know the the people who sell fiberglass windows will tout that the frame is stronger and things like that. The frame doesn't mean anything it's the two by four frames of the house that have the strength. The window, you know, all it's got to do is hold the, the piece of glass, no big deal. So whether you go vinyl or fiberglass, doesn't matter. You'll find that the fiberglass does cost more. And then the third choice is to go with a wooden window, and those are really high dollar. They're not going to be any more energy efficient. You typically would go with the wooden window if that's the look that you need. And so that's it's usually an aesthetics. Options. So for most people, the vinyl is all you need. And I will tell you, in my own home, I have vinyl replacement windows. So that's what you ought to be looking at.
0: You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.